0: So yesterday I was sitting. I came back. I was very excited about my skydiving video. So all of y'all saw me on Instagram trying to upload it. I'd not started the word yet, and Rishi is messaging me, "What's the word tomorrow?" And I'm sitting and editing my video. I was like, "Oh, I better look busy." And then I was sitting. I was like, "What do I speak on tomorrow?" So sometimes I ask my interns, "Give me a word." She'll give me trust. She'll give me something else. She was going on, and then um, you know, I just felt like saying because this is what I shared even in Dubai, uh, to a new son who came into the kingdom. Uh, She was sitting with me, she comes from another faith and she says, I don't think it's time. I said, if you're sitting with me, it is time. Okay, and uh, uh, the father's love for you is fierce. Okay, the father really loves you and sometimes he just grab you in and take you in. He's zealous for you, he loves you. Uh, And I saw that and she came in uh, to the kingdom. I'm really excited what God's going to do. I called her the first fruit of Dubai, beloved Dubai. Uh, She came in and I was so excited for her. I don't know if she's logged in today. I won't take names, but she knows who she is. Uh, Okay, so this is the word that I came in by. And all I knew is the day I met Jesus was I've come back home to my Father, and my Heavenly Father loves me. Every time I go to sleep in the night, I may not have a revelation, and you know, I know I preach about new creation realities and all of that, but the simplicity is when I put my head on the pillow, I know that I have a Father who loves me. And because I have a Father who loves me, he's on my side, and things are going to be OK. Okay. Um, so I want to take, um, I took a few uh, parables. We're just going to read through it. Okay. Um, So let's go into that, okay? Luke 15. We don't get familiar with the word of God. Every time you hear the word, it's going to give you something new, okay? So I'll begin with Luke 15. This is the parable of the lost sheep, where Jesus talks about the lost sheep, okay? And let's just read that, Luke 15. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him drew near to him to hear him and the pharisees and the scribes complained saying this man receives sinners and eats with them so he spoke this parable to them saying what man of you this is jesus said having a hundred sheep if he loses one of them does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it and when he has found it he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep, which was lost. For I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons, who need no repentance. So I was in Dubai, and I was explaining the gospel. And I said, the gospel is all about a father who lost his children, his dear children, someone else took them away. And now he was just waiting one day how to bring them back home to him. And I was explaining, I said, all the gospel is, she says, what, what is Christianity? What is, uh, you know, what is all of y'all get together? I said, we're just children of the same father. And I said, all your life you've been programmed for death. You've, you've called bad things good. And now you've come back home to the father and the father wants to redefine what good is. Someone very recently told me, don't light and darkness exist together. The yin yang. Don't light and darkness exist together? I said, switch on the light right now. Switch on the light in your room right now. Darkness exists because there is no light. In the definition of darkness is the absence of light. When light comes, darkness flees. So I was explaining this person. I said, how will you know if you never come in the presence of light, you're calling darkness light? You won't even know it in the presence of light darkness flees and i just as i was just ministering to this person i said the gospel is all about there is a father in heaven who loves you the simplicity of that okay so i want to go let's just read the next one look at verse 8 luke 15 verse 8 or what woman having ten silver coins if she loses one coin does not light a lamp sweeps the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So I was telling this person, I said, you know, when the father comes into your life, you can come with one problem to God. How many of y'all, when you met Jesus, you came in, maybe someone was sick and you wanted a healing. Someone had a financial problem, you came in. Someone was going through some relationship issues, uh, issues and you came in. But when you switch on the light, the light just doesn't fall on the very thing that was lost. The light falls on everything. When you come back home to your father, he's just gonna be father in all areas to you. I remember I came to Christ because I was sick. I got miraculously healed. It took me two years to even know I was a sinner. I went to some church and then I came to know Jesus died for my sins. But I never really knew that. I just knew that I came back home to my father and now it's going to be all good and I should just listen to my father because everything else, whatever anyone else says, is a lie. And that was the simplicity of that. Okay. And when Christ came in, not only did he heal me, but he started fixing every other area of my life. Because that's what a true father does. He just wants to be good to you and just fill you with all of his goodness. Okay, that's what it means to be a father son. What does the finished work mean? When you look at the Old Testament, all of the things where he's taking the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. What do you see him doing? Parting the Red Sea, giving water out of a rock, giving supernatural food. I was telling you last week, when you eat food, do you eat it for one year? No matter how much you eat at a banquet, you will only be able to digest it for one day. Because His grace is sufficient for now, for today. So no matter how much you want to hold, you won't be able to eat it, it's just going to come out. That's what the manna was, eat it just for today, because if you overeat also, what happens? it'll just go upset. Stuff how much ever you want. It'll just go waste. It's because sufficient for today is the grace that he's giving you. Even the manna was supposed to be just for today. God is now. He's your forever dad yesterday, today, and forever. He's going to be constantly present with you. And every time you see in the Old Testament, all the stories uh, you know, even Rishi had shared when he took the um, battle as the Lord's And I shared last week, everything that you see is fathering. And he was fathering outside, but he was still a very real father to them. Just in the wilderness, being their provider, he was saying that when you are going to walk through the wilderness, these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out. You didn't lose your strength. And then he brings them into the promised land. Do you know how they came into the promised land? By shouts of joy. By the foolishness. So that they don't boast in their strength they boast in the wisdom of god even david how did he take down goliath he did not even see how strong goliath was because he was uh, he was um, banking on the lord's strength how strong the father is for him and in all of the old i saw that they were always fathered even in the new nothing changes You can't call yourself a son, if you don't know you have a father. And the father gets his identity from the son, because without the son, there is no father. Just the way a mother becomes a mother when she gives birth to a child. So the child gives the mother the identity of a mother, and the child gets his identity from the mother. That's why when the Father says, you are my beloved, beloved means you have to be the object of someone's affection. You cannot be the beloved alone. Beloved constantly means that there's always two. There's somebody with you. Your heavenly Father loves you. My greatest rest is that I am a fathered son, that I have a father who loves me. And because I have a father who loves me, everything that belongs to me belongs to my heavenly father and so i'm able to rest okay so let's look let's go ahead let's look at the parable of the lost son verse 11 then he said a certain man had two sons and the younger of them the younger of them said to his father father give me the portion of goods that falls to me this is the parable of the prodigal son, of the lost son, there are two sons, one son is with the father, one son goes away. Okay? So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, enlightenment, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger, I will arise and go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. It's interesting to see that the prodigal son actually came back to the father because of food. But the father didn't really care. He's just looking that my lost son is coming back home. I came to Jesus because I was sick, but when I got sick, I came back home, when I got healed, I realized, he's not a healer, I've come back home to my father, okay? Now see this, and he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck, and kissed him, and the son said to him, He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Look at verse 20 again. He arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now the son is thinking, said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. This son thinks, what does he think? I have sinned against heaven, and in your sight, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. That means he thinks his sonship is by what he does. Can you be a son by what you do? Why does the father go and put a robe on him, ring on his hand, sandals on his feet? Because sonship doesn't come by what you do, sonship is by blood. He was born a son, a lost son, but still by blood. That's why when he comes back home to the father, the father reinstates, puts a robe, puts sandals on his feet, puts a ring on his finger, telling him, making him realize that you're a son of my blood. That's why your rest should be my rest and your rest, is that all our inheritance, all the promises of God are yes and amen. They're in Christ, they're added by blood relationship. I told you even when mom had the report of cancer, when I was all freaked out, I even had unbelief, but then when suddenly the next report came negative and I realized the weight was not on me, the weight is on the blood. I can forget who I am to him, he doesn't forget who he is to me. And I rest knowing that I'm just loved, and that my father loves me and above all my unbelief and all the crap that I might be thinking sometimes, things happen and then I realize I'm so loved. You are his, you belong to him. Learn to rest in His love for you. We rest in His faithfulness to us. The weight is not on you, the weight is on Him. Okay? See this. Let's read that again. Bring out the best robe and put it on Him. Put a ring on His hand and sandals on His feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. Who has come? Your brother has come home. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, this is the other brother saying, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. Again, he thinks he's earning things. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, You have devoured your livelihood, who devoured his livelihood with harlots. You killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. What did he mean by saying this? He could have cut the fatted calf whenever he wanted. But this guy thinks he needs to earn something from his father or be good or keep everything together and then he's going to get acceptance from his father. He could have done it at any time. Okay, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, was lost, and now is found. What do you see in all these three parables that I'm reading? What do you see? The lost sheep, the shepherd goes, the shepherd sees the sheep is lost, the shepherd goes hunting, the shepherd puts the sheep on the, on the shoulder, the shepherd brings back home, and then who is rejoicing? The shepherd. I heard the story, what did the sheep do? Consent to be saved. Just said, just rested on the shepherd's shoulder. The sheep didn't do anything. The shepherd saw the sheep is lost, the shepherd went after, The shepherd grabbed, the shepherd got the sheep home. The lost coin, the coin is lost, puts on the light, finds the lost coin, brings it back home. It's the father running after you. It's all about the father's love for you. Even the prodigal son, the father is waiting at the door, waiting for the son to come home. Did the son come home? Did the son come home? The son comes home. Because it's by blood. Blood will never get lost anywhere. They will come home. Okay? Rest in your blood relationship. Let's read Matthew 7.7. I'm reading these because I want you to see the father. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. I remember, I told you before I came to the Lord, in my journey when I was looking for God, I knew that He exists. I knew that there's somebody there. And uh, I remember one day I was painting at home. I was with anorexia 20 years ago. And I asked, I went to a convent school, so we sang this song. And so I asked, is there anybody out there? Is there a God? Do you exist? Who are you? And as I was painting, I was asking these questions. This was during my search for God. This was one, one week before I had an encounter with Jesus. And I began to sing this song. Ask and it shall be given, you'll see, and you shall find God. And the door shall be open and the Lord will answer you. Now, I began to sing this song, but I didn't know these lyrics come out of the Bible. But I knew when I said, do you exist? And when I began to sing it, I knew that someone was trying to reach out to me. But I didn't know who. And then, you know, I read and two weeks later I had an encounter with Jesus. Okay. But look at this. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks will find, and to him who knocks it will be opened. For what man is there among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? I I remember I told you when I was a kid, I used to always think before I met Jesus, I thought like Jesus is like a Santa Claus. Like if there was a God, God is like a Santa Claus who gives me good things. So when I got a Bible and I read this verse, I said, this is just like, my imaginary father that I always thought existed. How much more will your father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Your father is a good father and he wants to be good to you. Do you know why? So that anybody who looks at your life can say Kiska bacha hai ye? What does that mean? You can boast about how good your father is. Someone said, you spend so much money. I went to Dubai, I was just lavish. I jumped out of a plane. I said, yes, I am maintained by the Most High. I'm high maintenance. Maintained by Him. I reflect that my father is so good to me. He takes good care of me. And when everyone looks at your life, what was Egypt all about? Bringing them all from the from the wilderness into the promised land, do you know that everyone who looked at them, the Egyptians were so scared, because they said, we know about your God. We know what he did for you. He parted the Red Sea for you. He turned water into blood. He sent all these locusts locusts. and everyone who looked at them before they entered the promised land. They were already scared of the God of Israel and how possessive he is about his children. That no one can mess with your God. We are already scared of you. And that's how they were going around the promised land seven times and they blew the trumpet and the walls just fell down and they went and took it. They were already scared. You walk in the fear of the Lord. Anyone coming against you is coming against the apple of his eye. Learn and rest that your father wants to be good to you. If you have sickness in your body, rest knowing that the father's got this. And his life in you is repelling everything out of you. First in the old, God was outside. Now, It's not changed, you're not an orphan. Sonship simply means you're still fathered. But now he's in you doing everything. He can never leave you. So in you, he's doing everything in and out of you. So still it is a rest. Still it's learning to rest that you're fathered. Your whole life is a finished work. That means a fathered life. I remember I was something so small, I went, I was in the Dubai China mall and uh, I don't know where it was, someone told me to go there. So I went there, I walked a lot and I came out and in Dubai getting a cab is like painful. You come out and you need some cream app, um, which I didn't have the app or whatever. And so I come out and I needed uh, needed a cab and they were like, you know, you have to walk at the end of the mall. I was like, Father, I can't do that. I just need one. I get out. And there's this cab right far away. And he looks at me and just does this. And I was so happy. And in the small things, you realize that you're so fathered. And I go in, I sat, and then uh, he took me out. And your whole life, when you know that it's fathered, somebody else is doing the itinerary, even knows that even when you go out, as simple as a cab is all taken care of for you, that you are so, so loved. Okay. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit, one inch to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Who will clothe you? Who? Father. O you of little faith. So what was he saying? O you of little faith in what? O you of little faith. But what what is he talking about? That you do not see yourself fathered, O you of little faith, let me read that again, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith, therefore do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear. For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. Who are the Gentiles? Who did not have a father. In the old, it was only Israel. Everyone out of the covenant promises were called the Gentile nation. They did the idol worship, not the children of God. So he's saying here, for after all these things, the Gentiles seek. But once you come into the kingdom of God, our biggest rest is, is that we've come back home to a heavenly Father who loves us. You're not an orphan. Your whole life is a fathered life. And the more you begin to rest in all areas, knowing that you're fathered, you'll start seeing His hand in small things. See this. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. What does it say? It will be added to you. Who is going to add it? The father is going to add it. Why is he going to add it? So that your joy may be full. So that you can say, smile and say, I have a good father. I have a nephew, Alex. And one day I was with uh, my brother-in-law. And my brother-in-law drew drove all the way to another state because Alex likes trains, trains. And so there's this whole train museum. And so Alex, uh, my brother-in-law, Fred, he drove all the way two hours. I said, you've driven everything. And then I saw Alex's reaction. He's like smiling and laughing and just running about crazy. He must have been like three years old, four years old. Doesn't even understand if he's looking at a train. But he knew these big things. And then Fred said, That smile, that joy is worth it all. And then I realized the father is like that to you, so that your joy may be full. Who is the one who's singing over you? Does a child sing over the father? The father sings over the child. I remember once I woke up in the morning, many years ago, I had an audible voice. And he said, all I do is celebrate you. All I do is celebrate you. He just wants to be good to you so that you can say, Papa gave me this. And I am so happy. Your father wants to be good to you. Rest knowing that he's got this. I don't like to say, I've got this. He's got this. Christ in me. The hope of glory. That means what? Christ in me is the hope to see goodness in this area of my life. Okay, look at that. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you or oh, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry. You're not an orphan. You have a heavenly father who loves you. Do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? But after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly... That means if you don't have a father, start worrying about all these things. But if you have a father, rest, don't worry. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I'd like to bring a dream again uh, of a girl. I've shared this before. Uh, Sanyukta, she was my assistant. And uh, she came into the kingdom and she wanted Jesus to come in her dream. So she would not go to sleep. I said, if you don't go to sleep, how will he come? And six months later, I meet her. And I told you she was wearing white clothes. I said, why are you wearing white? She's saying, Jesus told me to wear white. I said, I don't think so. Tell me what's, what's going on. And so she says, uh, Ma'am, I was sitting in my office and I'm holding my head like this. And then I see in front of me and Jesus is then holding his head like this. And then uh, he tells me, he says, Sanyukta, tell me all your problems. So Sanyukta starts telling him all her problems. And then he says, he tells her, you need to learn to be patient. And then he tells her one thing. He says, for all your problems, I have one solution. As I am wearing white, start wearing white. So Sanyukta thinks physically white. I said that's not what he's saying. He's talking about righteousness consciousness. He's telling you that now, after you've come into the kingdom, you're a son of his blood. Stop condemning yourself. Like the prodigal son was and even his brother that they had earned or they needed to be good to earn something from their father. They both had it wrong. Even the lost son and the son who was in the father's house with him. And then the father was trying to tell them that all the inheritance is not attached to your performance. All the inheritance is attached to blood and my love for you is attached with blood just because you are mine. Rest. I've got this. That's what he was doing. And so I told Sayyukta that everything, all that Jesus was saying, the solution to all things, As I am wearing white, start wearing white. As He is, so are we. Worthy to receive all things. Will Jesus miss anything from His inheritance, from His Father? Will He miss anything? Why won't He miss anything? Because He is the Son of God. So are you. You can't miss anything. All that the father has will come to his son. Okay? Your inheritance is not attached to your blood, it's attached to his blood. That's why we can't miss it. Okay? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Live in the now. The manna is for today. Psalm 23, my favorite, favorite, favorite psalm just love this. Every time when I don't know what to do, I read this. Because it gives me the knowing that I'm fathered. I remember once I told you, I had this amazing dream, um, something I was going through. And um, I was I saw a mountain, I think I've drawn this once I saw a mountain, I was on the peak of a mountain, looked like heaven. And then it was written I saw green grass far away, I was right at the tip and there were two spotlights on two clouds in heaven and it was written, happy new birth, like happy birthday. And then I had angels singing the song. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he was saying happy new birth, happy birthday. That means the essence of you coming back home to me is that I get to be your father. So relax. You're not an orphan. You don't need to think for yourself. I am thinking for you. Rest. You can't rest if you don't know your father. You can only rest knowing that my father loves me and he's on my side. That was my rest even through anorexia to walk through all of it. I didn't know much, but I just knew if I have met my heavenly father, then he's on my side to give me victory and I'm going to overcome this. And then I was miraculously healed. Your father is on your side and he loves you and he's got this. Let's read Psalm 23. The Lord, let's all read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my father, I shall not be in lack or want anything because the Lord is your shepherd. He'll give it to you. Who makes you lie down? Sometimes I can't rest. I say, I can't rest. I'm not even going to try to. It says here, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He rests you. Tell the father, it's difficult for me to rest. You rest me. And he will. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still, waters. He restores my soul. Who restores your soul? You are restoring your own soul. He restores my soul. You bring me to rest. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the... You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. You know, it says surely, in another translation, in the Hebrew, it actually says... Only goodness and mercy, it doesn't say surely, it says only goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd, the Lord is my father, I shall not be in want for anything. Is the Lord your father? Then rest. Okay? So I'm going to end that. I just wanted to share this dream. And just, I want you to know that you have a heavenly father who loves you. And you can go to sleep knowing that all is going to be fine. Yes? Do you receive that? Amen. Let's take a tithe, a spiritual tithe. Stand up. Just say, Father, I'm a son in your kingdom. Jesus, you're my high priest. And right now, I give you a tithe of all the increase and understanding that came to my soul, and I just worship you with it. Father, we just thank you that we are your children, Our rest is that we are fathered, that you live in us, and Father, we just thank you. I just pray that you'll increase the revelation of the seed, that we are fathered, and that you love us so much.